Some things you kind of, you have now, um, but also they're not yet. So for example, if you've got a provisional driving license, you know, you can drive now in a limited way, can't you? Because you can go with a someone who teach you or someone who's old enough to take you out. Um, but you don't really get the, the full benefits of driving. It's kind of not yet until you pass your test, do you? So, you know, learn to drive is a bit like now and not yet. Um, also, and when you finish your degree, when you finish your degree, um, you, you kind of, you pass, the, the university gives you your grade, you have your grade, you can say you've got a, a 2-1 or, or whatever you've got. Um, but you're not really officially graduated until you have the ceremony where you dress up really stupid. And they take a picture and you have like, a, it's a fake scroll. It's a fake scroll when they take the picture. It's so demoralising when you go. Um, but let me break that to you now. Um, but, so you don't really get the full benefits of graduate until you've been through the ceremony. Or, um, I'll tell you this, engagement. Um, if you engage, you kind of you've got now you've got good stuff. You've got a nice relationship with someone. Hopefully, you care about and you love each other. Um, but it, it's now. But it's also it's, it's kind of not yet, is it? Because you're not quite married. You've not got all the benefits um, that marriage brings. It, it's now and not yet. Um, same with being pregnant. Now you have a child growing in you, kicking you, causing you pain and anguish. Um, but you do have a child if you're pregnant. Um, but it is it's now, but it's not yet, is it? You don't quite get the full benefits of the actual child until after the birth. It's now, and it's not yet. And I guess, um, with all this one, somebody's going to... No SIM card installed, it says, now. That's the sad times. Um, I guess with all these things, they're, they're good now, but they'll be better in the future. Good now, better in the future. And Micah chapter 4 is basically all about that. It's about, it's good now, but it will get even better in the future. Some of the stuff that Micah's going to tell us, we will have experienced right now in our lives, and some of it will get fully later. We have it in part, but one day it will be full. And so I just want you in your groups to read Micah chapter 4, verses 1 to 8. Great. Um, well, we're going to focus on this idea um, for the most of the part of our morning. Um, this idea that is now and not yet for the nations at the mountain of the Lord. Just look with me at verse 1. Look with me at verse 1. It says, In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as chief among the mountains. It will be raised above the hills, and the peoples will stream to it. Um, so 3 verse 12, uh, the temple, the mountain is in rubble. It's covered in thickets, it's, it's ruined, and yet 4 verse 1, God says, it's going to be rebuilt. Instead of people being dragged from this, uh, this place, Zion, Jerusalem, kicking and screaming into exile, um, people are going to stream back into it, it says. And these people who are going to come into it, they're from the nations, they're the peoples. And so what's happening at the time in Micah is that the peoples, the nations are gathering around Judah to destroy them. And they're saying that there'll be a time when the nations who, were, who used to gather around to destroy them are going to come and stream into the city, but for good reasons. And just look at verse 2. Many nations will come and say, come, let us go up the mountain of the Lord to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his way so that we may walk in his paths. So the nations who previously wanted to conquer them are now going to become God's people. It's quite a turnaround. The temple from rubble to the mountain which fills the earth, from the nations who hate them to the people who come and love the Lord. And you can imagine the leaders who were hearing this, Micah saying it to them, who'd been judged in chapter 3, being a bit annoyed. 
They hated all the nations. And yet here, Micah's telling them, God is telling them that one day those nations who've come around to conquer them will become God's people. It's striking, isn't it? God is saying, look, if you won't walk in my ways, well, one day the nations will. Uh, Judah's leaders despise justice and distort all that is right, but one day the nations will walk in God's paths. But I guess the question is, how will a day like that come about? How will the nations who previously hate God and his people come to love God and become his people? Well, look to the second half of verse 2. It says, because the Lord, will, the law, sorry, will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. So this is going to happen. The nations are going to come in when the Lord and the word of the Lord goes to the world. So Micah seems to be here, having his head, he's looking forward to the future, to the last days. And he's saying that what will happen is that the word of the Lord will go out. But the question is, what is the word of the Lord? Well, I think the word of the Lord is the good news about Jesus. The word of the Lord is the good news about Jesus. And the good news about Jesus goes out and the peoples of the world stream into God because they want to know him. And I want to say that this is, this is what's happened to us. This is happening all around the world right now. And when Micah, and when, in fact, when God says this through Micah, he has people like you and me in his head. We are the nations. We're not from um, Jerusalem, are we? We're not Jewish and descent. We are part of the nations. And so everything we read here in Micah, uh, chapter 4, verse 2 to 5, has come true in us. Now, this is what's happened to us if we're Christians. And Micah 4, verse 1 to 5, is now. We're experiencing lots of it now. Uh, But it is not yet as well. It's not full. We have it in part. And let me just explain. So, for example, the good news about Jesus, the word of the Lord about Jesus, well, it started in Jerusalem, didn't it? And we looked at this in last year, back end of last year in Acts. It started in Jerusalem, then it went slightly further out to Judea, which was just nearby. Then it went to Samaria, then it went to the ends of the earth. And you see, the good news about Jesus travelled all across Europe. It went all the way through Africa. It's gone to South America. It's gone to Asia, Australasia. It's across the whole world. You see, how did the the gospel come into this country? Well, um, you may have heard of a guy called William Tyndale, who was one of the first people to translate the Bible into English, to put the word of the Lord into people's hands. And all his work of Tyndale putting it, he was burned at the stake for it. Um, but that word of the Lord that everyone could read now came to people in this country. People in this country came to, to trust in God. They streamed to the mountain of the Lord. And then I think about myself. Well, how did the word of the Lord come to me? And um, Well, the word of the Lord came to my mum's 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 parents. And they became Christians. And that got passed on and passed on and passed on to me. And then when I was 15, I was on a cipher venture, which is a bit like house party. And someone on there told me the word of the Lord, the good news about Jesus. And I became one of the nations who streamed in. The word of the Lord went out. You see, all over the world, for the last 2,000 years, this has been coming true. It's been true for you. The word of the Lord has come to you. This is what Mike is talking about. We are the fulfillment of this. See, we can testify that what Micah says here, 2,500 years ago, is true because it's happened to us. 
And see, when did it all start? Well, look at verse 1 again. It said, In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as chief among the mountains. It'll be raised above the hills, and peoples will stream to it. It says this, it's going to establish the mountain, the temple. And we read these words in Hebrews, and it helps us understand what Mike is on about. Let me read it. It says, But you have come to Mount Zion, to the heavenly Jerusalem, to the city of the living God. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all men, to the spirits of righteous men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Now, it's quite confusing, but do you see what he's saying? He's saying, the mountain of the Lord, the Zion... It's Jesus. This temple that everyone is streaming to finds its fulfillment in Jesus. You have come to Jesus. That's where you've come. And see, we've made it to the mountain of the Lord that Micah talks about here because we have come to Jesus. See, Jesus is chief among the mountains. Jesus is the one the world's people have streamed to. Jesus is the content of the word of the Lord that brings salvation. Jesus is the good news. This is happening now. People all over this world, even today, are coming to Jesus. And yet we also know it's now, but it is not yet, isn't it? Because the whole world hasn't come to Jesus, have they? Uh, But you see, what is now and not yet will one day be now and forever. What is now and not yet will one day be now and forever. Um, Let's just carry on looking and see what else we've experienced now, but look forward to um, more fully later. Look at verse 3. It says, He will judge between many peoples and will settle disputes for strong nations far and wide. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. And he's saying that there's going to be peace. That as the word of the Lord goes out, as the nations come to Jesus, there will be peace. And there will be peace between people who previously used to hate each other. Now I've put on the screen, um, it's a film called Hotel Rwanda. Now some of you will know that in Rwanda, um, there was terrible fighting between um, people called the Tutsis and the Hutus, who were the indigenous population um, in Rwanda. And over 800,000 people were killed in a bloody civil war in just a hundred days, um, not even two decades back. And one of the striking things of the stories that we heard that came out of that was that at universities in Rwanda, uh, the Christian unions was one of the first places where people from opposite tribes, from the Tutsis and Hutus, came together as friends because they were Christians, because they'd heard the word of the Lord about Jesus and they realised that This good news about Jesus brings peace between people who previously hated each other. See, this is, um, with this word of Micah, coming true. And there is peace. There's peace between us in this room. We are reconciled, the Bible says, to one another. And there are people in this room who you would never, ever talk to, I guess, unless you came here to church. And God has brought you together. He's made peace. It's, 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 kind of, it's true now, but it is also not yet, isn't it? Because there's so much war in the world, isn't there? So much war. But one day, this will be fully completed. There'll be perfect peace in the world. 
He talks about um, them, what does he say? Um, he says they'll beat their swords into plowshares. He's basically saying that weapons will become farm equipment, essentially. And so, you know, you've got tanks, well, they'll become tractors, uh, which Ben Grant on his 16th birthday, yes, they can now drive one officially, so um, perfect. Um, he's saying, you know, machine guns, they'll become marigolds. Um, nuclear warheads, they'll become wheelbarrows. Stealth bombers, they'll become spades. It's this idea, he's saying that all the things that used to be used for war will now be used for farming, for fruitfulness. This is the picture of the end when Jesus returns and he brings peace across the whole earth. No more war, no more pain, a fruitfulness instead. Fruitfulness. You see, we, we have now in a small measure, we have some peace between us as Christians, but one day it will be full across the whole earth when Jesus returns. See, what is now and not yet will one day be now and forever. Now look at verse 4. It says, Every man will sit under his own vine and under his own fig tree. And no one will make them afraid, for the Lord Almighty has spoken. And you see what comes when you come to Jesus, you find security. Um, Fears are relieved, he says. You see, in Jesus, all our needs are provided for, we're secure. Jesus has conquered death for us. He's dealt with our sin. We're perfectly secure with God. You see, Jesus has given us everything we need for life and for godliness in his word. Um, but we know it's, it's not perfect, isn't it? Because there's still lots of things that make us afraid. But one day when Jesus returns, there will be nothing to fear at all. Everything will be dealt with. What is now and not yet will one day be now and forever. Now just look at verse 5. I was really struck by this verse this week. Now verse 5. It says, All the nations may walk in the name of their gods. We will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. And this is the nations who have been brought in, who have come to Jesus. They say, they declare to the whole world, Look, you walk in your ways, but we're going to walk in the way of the Lord, our God, forever and ever. I think what, what we're supposed to learn is that this is to be our desire now and always, if we've come to Jesus. And we're to do this now, but obviously we won't do it perfectly yet. That will be when Jesus returns, we'll do it perfectly. But I think coming to Jesus and walking in, in his ways is, is a bit like being a marathon runner. Um, you can imagine a marathon runner, you know, they've got a big marathon coming up in a couple of weeks. And um, maybe you think, oh, marathon runners, they'd be stupid, wouldn't they, if they thought, I know, I'm going to do a really long run of this marathon in a couple of weeks' time. So I should probably do no running now for the next two weeks. That'd be stupid, wouldn't it? That'd be really stupid. Um, in fact, what, if you know any marathon runners, one of my friends, he runs about 20 a year. He's a bit of a... He's top, basically, we have a, a place in the hockey team, and for a warm-up, he'll run 10 miles to the pitch and meet us there, and then he'll play. It's incredible. Um, but anyway, what does he do? He's got a marathon coming up. He runs, he practices, he gets ready by, by doing what he's going to do for a long time in the future. Um, it's the same with us and God. What we're to do is, we're not to think, oh, I'm going to be following God forever in the new creation. I may as well not bother now. That'd be stupid. We're to get ready for walking in God's ways forever by walking in his ways now. Let's do it now. It makes sense. Here's maybe an illustration for the girls. Um, you might appreciate this more. I mean, if you're engaged, um, you might think, 
oh no, I'm going to get married to this person in the future. I may as well not bother to see them at all until we get married. That'd be stupid, wouldn't it? And if you engage to someone, you spend more time with them. You get used to married life in some, in some respects, um, ready for it by spending more time with them before you're married. So that you're used to it when you are. And it's like that when it comes to walking in God's ways. We're to walk in his ways now so that we're ready to walk in his ways forever when Jesus returns. You see, verse 5 says, All the nations may walk in the name of their gods, but we will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. And so the temptation is going to be that we want to walk in the, in the ways of the other gods. Uh, whether it's, it's money that we were looking at last week, or popularity, or relationships, or whatever it may be. But no, if we're people who've come to Jesus, who this is Mike is talking about, let's walk in his ways now, so that we'll be ready to walk in his ways forever when he returns. You see, we live in the now and not yet. So some of these things we have amazingly now. We've come to Jesus. Uh, We have peace. We have security. And we're to walk in his ways now because we're already his people. And so I just wanted to think about that for a few moments in our groups. Well, um, we've sort of seen some of the benefits of the now that we've come to Jesus, we're part of the nations who have streamed in, that we are people who have been given peace and security, and we've got this now desire to walk in the ways of the Lord forever. And I think some of you are thinking, well, you've painted quite a pretty picture of being a Christian. And, you know, all those good things, all happy, happy, happy. Um, But for you, it doesn't really feel like that. Um, You know, perhaps being a Christian feels more like having your teeth pulled out, and that desire to walk in the ways of the Lord is a hard daily slog. Um, you know, you're struggling to live for God. Um, you feel attacked by people who aren't Christians. Um, you kind of, you don't want to talk to people about the fact you come to church on a Sunday because you're worried what they'll think and what they'll say. And you find every day costly uh, to follow Jesus. Um, well, let me reassure you, that, that's, that's quite normal. That's most people's experience. It's hard because... We live in the now and not yet. So these things aren't full. We don't get them fully. We don't have the perfect peace, do we now? And life is hard. And really hard. And Micah knows this. God knows this. And it's exactly the context into which he's speaking. So just look at me in verse 11. But now many nations are gathered against you. They say, let her be defiled. Let our eyes gloat over Zion. Gloat over God's people. And so you've got this picture. This is Micah speaking to people in there. The nations hate them. Uh, They're gathered against them. Uh, They mock Christians. Um, They would, you know, around our world today, we know that Christians are tortured, killed. Um, We know that even in our country, regularly, Christians are mocked publicly. You'll see it at school with your friends. You've probably had it yourself. And look at verse 10. It says, Writhe in agony. O daughter of Zion, like a woman in labour. For now you must leave the city to camp in the open field. You will go to Babylon. Um, The picture here is of the nations gathered against God's people. Babylon is a picture of everything that's against God. And they're gathered against God's people. Um, He says, you know, what is it like to live as someone who walks in the ways of the Lord? Well, uh, he says it's basically a bit like giving birth. It's a bit like giving birth. Now, um, who in this room has given birth? Hands up. 
Um, just a, one, two words. Painful? Yes. <laughs> How was it? Was it, was it pretty? Um, painful up until the morphine. Painful up until the morphine. Um, let's imagine in my time, there's not even morphine to take away the pain. So it's, it's picture of, he's saying of this living it out, walking in the ways of the Lord, is like giving birth which is pretty horrific. You know, it's in the video at school, they show you, it's awful, isn't it? Like, oh. I remember when I was a teacher, and I had to watch it, and all these kids were freaking out, and I was just as freaked out by the whole thing. Um, it's just, it's, it's pain, there's screaming, there's blood, there's sweat, there's tears. Um, that's what it's like. Um, Emma, was it worth it? Yeah. That's the picture. That's the picture Michael's given. He's saying, look, it will be tough walking in the ways of the Lord. It'll be like giving birth. Um, so boys, we do understand what it means to give birth because we're Christians if we're, we're trying to live out walking in the ways of the Lord. Um, but it's, like, it's going to be like giving birth. It's going to be painful. It's going to be hard. It's going to be stress. And yet it'll be worth it. It'll be worth it. And it'll be worth it for the things we've already seen because we know that one day the whole world will come to Jesus as the judge and he will bring perfect peace and complete security. It's going to be worth it. But it's going to be hard. And he gives us two extra little things to, to keep us going as well in this last bit of Micah 4. Uh, so two little extras to help you live in the pain of the now and the not yet. And the first one is this, remember your rescue. Um, just look at verse, uh, verse 10. He says, Rive in agony, O daughter of Zion, like a woman in labour, for now you must leave the city to camp in the open field. You will go to Babylon, there you will be rescued. There the Lord will redeem you out of the hand of your enemies. Um, For Micah's people, this was future. He's saying, look, one day you will be rescued. One day you will be rescued. And God was going to send them into exile, away from himself and his presence, uh, because of the sin of their leaders and of the people. And yet amazingly, graciously, wonderfully, uh, God rescues them. He redeems them. He buys them back. He pays for them, if you like. And God rescues them. Um, from his judgment in the place of judgment. And what can we do? Well, we look back to Jesus, don't we? We look back to our rescue. Uh, Jesus redeems us. He pays for us by dying for us on a cross. In the place of judgment, he rescues us from judgment. And you see, so when life is hard uh, and you feel like people are against you, God's enemies are against us. Remember your rescue. Remember your rescue. Remember what an amazing God you have. Remember that one day, uh, all the benefits of that rescue will be yours. All of them. Every last one. You see, we have an amazing and gracious God who's provided for our rescue. Um, So don't give up on him, even when everyone's against you. You see, one day, the now and not yet will be forever now and forever, we'll get all the benefits of being rescued. And so don't forget when it's hard, don't forget all what's to come, don't forget all that's been in Jesus in your rescue, and also remember God's judgment. And just look at verse 11. But now many nations are gathered against you. They say, let her be defiled, let her eyes glow over Zion. But they do not know the thoughts of the Lord. They don't understand his plan, he who gathers them like sheaves to the threshing floor. You see, 
see, the nations seem to be gathering against God's people here, but God says, oh no, the one who's doing the gathering is me. I will gather the nations for judgment. That's the picture of the sheaves on the threshing floor. I'm going to mash them up. You see, maybe we, we, we don't like this and we hear God's judgment against those who are against us. Um, but let me assure you, if you're someone who has been persecuted for being a Christian, who's had your family killed for being Christians, you will want the justice of God. And it is a good justice. God will punish the wrongdoer. You see, it's a good thing that God judges. God wants us, when we see everyone is against us, to know that he is the judge. And he will deal with people who are against him and his people. And I know that when people are against us, the temptation is to to give in and join them to walk in the ways of their gods, isn't it? But let me urge you, don't join them. Don't walk in the ways of their gods or you'll end up in their same place at the threshing floor of God. Hold firm. Walk straight. Keep going. God has rescued you and he will judge those who are against him. He has saved you from his judgment by entering into it in Jesus. So don't give up. Don't give up on Jesus. I don't think you can enter God's judgment by yourself. You can't. You'll be destroyed. See, one day God won't have any more enemies. One day there won't be anyone who can cause us any harm. And remember verse 4? Every man will sit under his own vine and under his own fig tree. And no one will make them afraid. For the Lord Almighty has spoken. One day, not today, but when Jesus returns, there'll be no more enemies. Nothing can harm us. Because we'll be in God's place with him at the mountain of the Lord, with Jesus, at Jesus' feet. So don't give up, don't give in, don't back down. Keep going, keep walking, keep moving forward, keep walking in the ways of the Lord. That's what we're to do now in the pain of the present. Oh, well, let me pray. And then we're going to sing. Um, and when we sing, why don't we um, really remember some of the stuff we've been hearing about. And remember some of the benefits we have now of trusting in Jesus. And be looking forward to having them fully uh, when Jesus returns. Let me pray. Um, Heavenly Father, we, we find life hard now because uh, the nations are gathered against us. They, they want to drag us down. They want us to give up on you. And so, Father, I pray you'd help us to remember uh, these big things you've been teaching us this morning, that, that one day there will be great peace and security for your people. Help us to remember that you're a God who keeps his promise and that we see that in our own lives because your word, the word of the Lord, has come to us. And we've come to your son. And so, Father, help us to remember that word, uh, that it's about rescue. Remember all that you've done for us. And Father, would we not forget that you're the judge who will right every wrong. And Father, would those things help us to keep walking in your ways today, uh, tomorrow, and forever. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.